Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Good morning, everyone. I don't know about you, but I hate chaos. You know, some of my friends tell me I'm borderline OCD. I can't sleep on a bed that is not made. So sometimes when I come home, if my husband is asleep, I wake him. Then I make the bed. I can't. I can't. There are many things that bother me. They seem like very little things to many people, but they bother me. And every time I find a little bit of chaos that I can't control, it throws me out. Let me, let me even tell you, when we were at the other hall, I had a particular seat. Then Pastor Fred moved me out of it. It bothered me. <laughs> Didn't know. Then when we moved here, I scoped the hall. Then I said, okay, the pastors are sitting here. Let me sit here. So I started sitting here. <laughs> then Pastor Chekeman took it. Not just today, she has been taking it. And I was saying to myself, I don't sit there. <laughs> I mean, it seems ridiculous. But things like that sort of make me very, I have to reset myself. When they say, turn your chair, like, the whole hall will be disarranged now. Then we'll turn it back. Some chairs are not straight. It bothers me. So I'm very uncomfortable in chaotic um, situations. Nigeria bothers me. It's very chaotic. But Lord has been speaking to me about chaos. I wish I could tell you it would go away. I wish I could tell you it would get better. It's like my wardrobe. I have particular days when I bring out all the clothes. I fold them, fold them, fold them. But you are living with people who don't care. <sighs> so you learn to live in it. Because you must live and you must function. Chaos is disorder. Confusion, mayhem. If you know how that lockdown bothered me, because the normal way of doing things changed. And when things change like that, I have to, you need to give me time to catch up. I don't know how to. I mean, there are people who, they can just flow. You know, we're going this way. Somebody will now come. No, let's go. Some people just flow. No, I have to reprogram it to be able to function. You know, it's mayhem. It's pandemonium. It's lawlessness. And I've never lived anywhere that is as lawless as where I am now. So I'm constantly bothered. You know, I constantly wake up, please. <laughs> Pandemonium and upheaval. If you listen to the news, I try not to anymore. It's crazy. It's crazy. Nigerian news, they've bombed the train, they're bandit somewhere, they've kidnapped somewhere. You know, it seemed far. You know, a few years back, it seemed far away. But now, people are burying their friends who ought not to have died. 
It's getting closer. Every day, there's something crazy in the news. 100 dead. And that bishop has said, the, ne- the next Alafin will inherit the wife. You know, so you don't even know where to go. Should I go to church? People in church are saying, they're even creating more chaos. It's in everywhere you look, it's in everything. Then I traveled, you know, I was like, when I traveled, I realized that half my friends have relocated. I don't know about you. Almost all my friends have relocated. And the question they're asking me is, what are you still doing there? And I had to ask myself that question. What am I doing there? Perhaps I should relocate. Then I met my friend in America. He said, ID, don't come more. Then he started to take me through his journey. I swear, if I was the one, I would have come back. I can't do it. So the madness is not just here. It's there. Any country you want to go to. China, there's such a lockdown that the people are feeling that they are in prison. And people are out, can't go in. I was in the train in America and a guy said to me, where are you from? I said, Nigeria. He said, how is Nigeria? I said, oh, things are very bad. Da, da, da. Going into my usual complaint. He said, hey, but guess what? You're not from Ukraine, are you? People are homeless. So where do we go? I asked God, don't you know what's happening? It's as if you don't know what's happening because me, I don't understand it. If you, you were God, will you allow all these things to be happening like this? You will not, Abby. And sometimes it seems like, like he doesn't know what's happening. And God said, I'm inside it. And the way he was saying the, I'm inside it, he wasn't, he wasn't even saying it with any sense of remorse. He seemed happy. I didn't want to say remorse, but my mother in the Lord, you know, so if God wants to find the person who said it, it's not me. He seemed very excited. I just said, God, I don't get you. You know how people will say, you know, if you know God, this is the way he does. He doesn't have any way he's doing anything. There's no way, there's no formula. You can't look at God and say, one plus one we give. Never. He has no formula. Say, this is the way the Lord is doing it. And fear God is not doing it anyway. He's doing it the way. He seemed so excited. And he said to me, he said, you see this chaos? It's a global chaos. And it's an individual chaos. Go to any part of the world you want to go to. You will meet it. Why? I'm there. Come back home to Nigeria. You will meet chaos. I'm there. If you even lock yourself up. You know, when things get a bit too much for me. I lock myself. Stay in my house. In my house. In my house, family members. Oh my goodness. 
family members, mother, father, husband, children, you will meet it. And you say, okay, let me go on a retreat. Only you. Then your mind starts to torment you. Say, look at you, you've been praying. Don't you have an addiction? You can, you are there. God is not, don't waste your time. That fast, break it. Your good intentions amount to nothing. God is in it. He's in every global chaos, every national chaos, every community, family chaos, your personal struggle, God is in it. And guess what? Your personal struggle, he's so excited about it. Looks at me and then he's laughing. Say, if I do not shake you now, you know how to pray. You know. He's excited. Because he's seen something that in that chaos you can never see. But we need to understand so that we can pray and so that we can move out of chaos. In Genesis 11, 1 to 9, a group of people got together and decided to build a tower. It says, now the whole earth had one language, one speech. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built and he scattered it. Can you imagine, you know, you want to start something. Then you gather people and you begin to speak about what you want to start. And you say, okay, we're going to set up this business. We need to raise money. Um, Sandra, you go and register the business. Um, Precious, open a bank account for us. You know, um, Kiki, why don't you, um, okay, handle the marketing. Have you set up Instagram, Facebook? We're going to meet, you know, the following. Let's follow up on what everybody's doing. And everybody goes. Everybody's running with speed. And we come for the next meeting. Precious, she doesn't hear what you're saying. Kiki, where is the campaign? Campaign for what? I don't even know what you are talking about. Have you been in situations where you are building something? Do you remember when you were dating? You went for counseling. You took notes. You said, oh, we'll fast and pray this particular week. And you're going, two of you speaking the same language. Then you get married. And you are saying the person can't hear you. We had this in counseling. Then which counseling? You are wondering if the two of you were there. Who scattered them? Why are you afraid to speak? Who scattered them? He just came. Put a spanner in the works. Everybody's face turned against each other. Why? If you build anything, anything at all, a career, a marriage, a ministry, a business, whatever it is, if you build anything that will stand in the place of God, he will scatter it. He will scatter it. God will scatter it. Okay, let's say, okay, that's Babel. You know, Babel by itself means confusion. Let's say that's Babel. They were, they were doomed to fail. 
How about Israel? God would chest out for Israel, wouldn't he? Say, these are my people. In Judges 6, there's a, a, a lot of scripture. I'm going to read a few. So people will not say I not open the Bible today. Let me read Judges 6. Hallelujah. Judges 6 introduces Gideon. And many times we've heard Gideon's story. It says yet again, the people of Israel went back to doing evil in God's sight. So God put them under the domination of Midian for seven years. And Midian overpowered Israel. Because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves hideouts in the mountains, caves and forts. When Israel planted its crops, Midian and Amalek would invade them, camp in their fields, destroy their crops all the way down to Gaza. They left nothing for them to leave, leave on, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. Bringing their cattle and tents, they came in, they took over like an invasion of locusts. And then in verse 7, he says, One time when the people of Israel had cried out to God because of Midian, God sent them a prophet with this message. I delivered you from Egypt. I freed you from a life of slavery. I rescued you from Egypt's brutality, from every oppressor. I pushed them out of your way and gave you their land. And I said to you, I'm your God. Don't for one minute be afraid of the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But you did not listen to me. And then, you know, he speaks to Gideon directly. And he says, haven't I sent you? Go in this strength. Gideon is like, me? I'm the smallest. I don't have any power. He says, but go. And by the hand of Gideon, God delivered Israel. But why did God allow that chaos? There are many questions we then need to ask. Every time you find yourself in a chaos. Why am I there? Why has God allowed this? Guess what? God is in it. God is not surprised. He's not afraid. He's not shocked. Even your tantrums. He's not embarrassed. You know how we're a mess at home. We're very chaotic. Then when we come here, we're okay. God knows. Nothing takes him by surprise. Why did he subject them to that? He said... You did not listen to me. You want to go your own way? It's fine. This is what it's like when you go your own way. But when they cried to him, what did he do? He sent help. He sent help. You know, sometimes you think your family is dysfunctional. Have you met David's family? fact, I read this story. I had to read it again. I had to read it again. I said, maybe the man decreased. That's why all the children decrease. I don't understand. One of them wakes up. The thing that entered your eye when you woke up is your younger sister. And for weeks, you're planning, am I going to sleep with my sister? You know, better you just poison yourself, just die. Because some things are just an abomination. Then you have an evil friend who then helps you with the plot. Do it like this, do it like that. And then he sleeps with his sister. He rapes her. And after raping her, 
You put her out so that everybody knows that you raped her. You did not even have the decency to cover her. Because the scripture said that after the deed had been done, the hatred for her inside of him was more than the love. How fickle emotions are. You are here today, you are there tomorrow, you love this today, you love that tomorrow. Very fickle. The heart of man is wicked, desperately wicked. Put her out. So everybody in Israel knew because she could no longer put on the garment of a virgin. In other words, from that day, her entire life was ruined, was over. Because, you know, in those days, you will marry a virgin. They will come and inspect the besheet. But this one, everybody knows. You are spoiled goods. Market has closed for you. Your sister. And when her brother found out that it was a brother who did this. In fact, he is the most scariest child David had. Was biding his time. Waited for his father to act. The papa did not handle the matter with the... Honestly, you are a parent. What will you do? Because the person who raped is your child. The person who was raped is your child. What will you do? Sometimes I laugh when we take our brothers and sisters to God. Say, oh God, you know this sister offended me, punish her. She's God's child. She's God's child. Oh God, my husband did this. He's God's child. David couldn't act. So Absalom decides to plan. It took him years. Finally, he got his brother. He did what? Killed him. David again is thrown into a situation where I have lost a son, but the murderer is also my son. How do you handle that? Chaos. God, I thought my siblings were chaotic. Then I read this. How do you manage this? And he doesn't stop there. He runs away. And guess what? His father's heart was hungry for him. I know you're a murderer, but you're still my son. Eventually, they bring him back. What was his next plot? This is my father. You will come down and I will be king. How do you sit as a son chasing after your father? And many of us are like that. Somebody brings you into a ministry. You lay hands and somebody, the person falls. Ah, you are now the ministry owner. Pastor Mo will chase you away from this church. My anointing is bigger than your own. You sit in an office. Somebody comes to you. I, I see this all the time with bankers. They come. A, a customer comes, gives you an idea. Because he doesn't have the money. He's coming to you for funding. You say, okay, I'm, I'm structuring it. Be coming. You're telling him, I'm structuring it. Be coming. He's coming. You're setting up the business. Because you have the funding. 
And many times we're the ones who allow people to curse God. How do you stand? You're watching your father. He's running from his kingdom. And stupid people are spitting at him and throwing stones at him. He's running for his life. And you think that when you enter into that position, it will be well with you. You're a young girl. The man is married. You think that when you push out the wife and then you occupy till I come, <laughs> it will be okay for you. You know, sometimes we're short-sighted. Absalom was short-sighted. When you create a chaotic situation by the things that you do, it will swallow you. Can I assure you? You know why? Because already, chaos is meant to be. It's everywhere. Don't add more. Don't add to it. Paul, as filled as he was in the war with the word of God, he cried out. said, there is a war in my members. I don't know about you. I fight that war every day. I laugh when people say, oh, Pastor ID, you can pray, I can't. I fight that war. I fight to pray. I fight to read the word of God. Guess what? I fight to obey it. Because every day there are opportunities to do wrong. There are opportunities to take the shortcut. So before I get out of my bed, I fight that battle. I tell God, I said, God, I know myself. I know how weak I am. If you don't help me today, God, I will do the wrong thing. I will do it. God, I know. I know. I will do it. So before I get out of my bed, Holy Spirit of the living God, help me. Help me. And it gets so easy to do the wrong things. Why? We're all doing it. It's not a big deal. What's the measure of the word of God? Amongst a population of Christians, I'm not talking of unbelievers who are living in sin. Don't overdo it, they say. Don't carry it on your head. We're all doing it. Even the pastor. Pastor Heidi is doing it. It's so easy. Cut corners. Adjust the scale. Cheat people. The world is a mess. Join the mess. Live with the mess. Live with that mess. There's nothing we can do about Nigeria. Nigeria is gone. Ha! Ah, don't register. Why do you want to register and vote? There will be no difference. Let's live with it. Let's adjust to the mess. But today God says to you, the reason why there is a mess and why he's in that mess and why he wants you in that mess is because light only shines in darkness. You are that light. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we move on to verse 2. Verse 2 says, the earth was without form. It was void. It was empty. Darkness was in it. The earth was in chaos. And guess who was there? The Bible says the spirit of the living God. God was hovering. He was hovering around the earth. He sat upon the earth and he began to hover on the earth. Where is Kiki? Come. I said to Kiki, I said, we need to learn to hover. Sit on it. Take that emptiness, sit on it. Take that child who won't hear the word, sit on it. Another word for hovering is brooding. God took the earth, he began to brood. He was brooding over it. He didn't look at that problem. Says the earth is empty. It has no form. It has no void. Walk away. We're so good at that. When a problem comes, what do we do? You walk away. The Spirit of God was hovering. God, my children will change. God, my children will not be the same. God, my children will serve you. God, my children will serve you. God, correct my heart. My heart is weak at God. Correct my heart, God. God, correct it. God, hover over Nigeria. Nigeria needs you. God, we need you. God, we need you. Madoka Brashida Bakayadaba. Libro Sunda Kibabedada. Niga de Brashiga Daya. The doctor said I can't do anything. But God, you can. God, you can. We will hover. We will wait. We will hover over it. Maroga de Shadabakadada. Madoka Sunda Kibresheta. Yay. You must learn to hover. You must learn to hover. You must learn to brood. Have you seen a hen hovering over her eggs? She sits on top of those eggs. She sits on top of the eggs. She doesn't get up. You never change, you never repent. It says that if you go and touch her at that time, even a very calm hand will attack you. Why? She doesn't get up until the eggs are hatched. We're so good at giving up. We're so good at closing the chapter and moving on. The world tells you move on. We're good at it. Pastor Fred was preaching on Sunday. He said, the prophet sent his servant how many times? Seven times. But we're good at giving up. 
God, I've prayed about this addiction. It's not going. That's my nature. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It is not your nature. It is not your nature. Pornography is not your nature. Lying is not your nature. Sexual immorality, it is not your nature. It is not your nature. Ragadobo shikadere bosata. We're so good at giving up. We're good at it. I've been praying for my child. God, he's still not doing well in school. He's getting D's. He's getting E's. We're not intelligent in our family. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it. I curse it from the beats of hell. The Holy Spirit gives intelligence. Every wisdom and knowledge belongs to the Spirit of God. God gives it. I've poured all my resources into my business. It's not working. Shut it down. Don't, don't. Hover over it. Hover over it. God has called you into ministry. You tried once, you tried twice. It's not going well. So you have gone your merry way. Hover over it. Take another fast. Take a fast. Second Kings 13, a king in the middle of war, he ran to Elisha. Elisha was sick. Elisha said to the king, get some arrows. He got some arrows. He said to him, open the window. He opened the window. He said, shoot the arrows. The king shot one. Then the king shot the second arrow. Then the king shot the third arrow and he stopped. He gave up. But God, we will not give up. Elisha said, why did you stop? Why did you stop? Shoot the arrow. Shoot the arrow. Why did you stop? Today there is grace. There is grace to go the extra mile. There is grace. We show up the way Amen. So where do we go from here? What does brooding mean? You will always have challenges. If you run away from one challenge, guess what? You meet another one. It's not going to stop. What's your response? Sit on it. Don't give up. Sit on it. God is faithful. You heard Brother John 
the Lord said, I will. It didn't happen. He didn't run away from God. Don't run away from God. Tell God today, God, it's you or nothing. I don't have a plan B. I don't even have plan A. You had the plan. If you don't come through for me, <laughs> then nothing. So take it. You saw Kiki brooding. Enter a sick. You can't brood with iPhone. You can't be brooding on Instagram. You can't. Put it away. Enter that place. Lock yourself. Put that problem on the ground. And brood over it. God, my son. Let me tell you guys. My son will be upset. But let me tell you quickly. He's going to be really upset. But right from when he was young, he always got into trouble. If any child fought in the school, it was him. I was always in the principal's office. And he would say, I not touch them. I was just passing my leg, just as if your body parts can remove and go and fight and come back. That was him, always in trouble. But I remembered that before I got pregnant, I saw the child in a vision. And the Lord said to me, I was praying, oh God, I want to have a girl. God said, you have a boy. Call him Samuel. I will anoint him like the prophet Samuel. So when he came and the fighting and the, you don't, you don't understand. Any trouble is inside. One day he got to school. He threatened another child to do his homework. The child was doing his homework. He went on break to play. You know, so when I saw all these things manifesting in his life, it did not align with the word of God. It did not. And so I was like, well, you know, robo people, this is how they used to. Don't record, don't record it to let them not pack my load. <laughs> it's like robo people. This is their nature. This one. You know, even my husband, we said, at least we have one that will fight for us when there's fight. And we just left him. And I went into a meeting in Ghana, a fellowship. And the man of God said to me, you have a last son. This was in 2018. He said, you have a son that God has called into the prophetic like the prophet Samuel. The exact same words that God had spoken to me. That just turned my head around that. How would you let this be? How will you let it be? Ah, I looked for his picture. Every morning as I'm waking up, the picture is there. Raboshkata, you are a prophet. After the order of Samuel, I prophesy over you. Don't give up. Problem doesn't end. Train yourself to fight it. Train yourself not to give up. There's great potential in that marriage. There's great potential in that business. God gave it to you. There's great potential in that child. You know what? There's great potential in that ministry. Yes, nobody is helping you. You don't have any money. But God is on it. Brood over it. Breathe over it. Don't give up. Don't give up. We will not be of the generation that give up. We do not put our hands on the plow and turn back. Can we return to our vomit? God forbid. Father, I thank you. 
Holy Spirit, breathe over your people and have your way in our lives, oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 